Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Who was here last time I preached? Who can remember what it was about? Yep, inheritance, our adoption as sons. Same passage again this week from Galatians chapter 3 and starting at verse 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to his promise. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, So that he might redeem those who are under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. As Mark was quite correct in saying, and I spoke last time about adoption as sons, adoption as God's children, and the inheritance that we have to receive through that. Today I'm going to talk about moving from slavery to sonship, which is another theme in this passage. Often the Romans took a slave and adopted him as their son if they had no son of their own. So actually they moved from being a slave, and all that that entailed, to being a son and an heir of the estate and it's that journey we're going to look at today and just a reminder for the ladies (laughs) talking about sons is not saying that you don't qualify because you're female okay it's actually talking about an inclusive term and Paul in those days he um, he used the term son because it very much was patriarchal society it wasn't women who inherited things. So he was using the term sons because the inheritance then would have gone to a male child. But as Paul has actually said in that passage, there is no difference. There is no male or female in Christ. So when I talk about sons, it means you as daughters of God as well. But the term that Paul has used is sons, and there's a lot of references to sonship. So when I say son, it means you all as well. (laughs) Okay? So, we were in slavery. 
we've sung a fair bit today and we heard last week from Owen about what God has done for us through Christ and on the cross. But sometimes it doesn't sink in until you really realise what you're being rescued from. And it says in verse 3 of chapter 4, We were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. We were in bondage, slavery. And what is a slave? What's the definition of a slave? Someone who's forced to work. With no pay. <laughs> With no pay, yes. <laughs> Often they're forced to work through either a physical or a mental threat. They're held under bondage to someone. Or they're owned. They're bought by someone. They're controlled by an employer. They're often treated as a commodity, bought and sold. Not so much in this country, obviously, nowadays, but we still see it throughout the world. And usually, they're physically constrained. They may have chains on, or they may be locked up when they're not working, when they're not doing the work that they're being required to do. So they have no freedom of movement. When we hear, I mean, nowadays we hear bonded labour, child labour, children working for very, very little, or people working to pay off a debt that they end up working 365 days a year for years and years to pay off a tiny debt that they incurred at the beginning. Was it two, 2005, I think it was, when we actually saw an effect of slavery here? Morecambe Bay, with the cockle pickers? And they'd actually come across here as illegal immigrants, and then the people who were getting them to work had that hold over them. They had that hold over them to say, if you don't work, then we will expose you to the authorities and you'll return to the country you've tried to escape from. That's slavery, that's bondage. Who knows the story of Oliver Twist? Yes, no? Oh, good. Oliver Twist, yeah. Born into poverty because his mother dies in childbirth and he ends up in the workhouse. That's slavery. He's working for his food and his lodgings, but he's no freedom, can't choose what he does, and it's usually forced labour and hard labour. He works hard until he makes his famous request. <laughs> Please, sir, I want some more. What happens then? No? He's sold to the undertakers. Remember, he goes off to work for the undertakers. He's sold into bondage. The assistant to the undertaker doesn't like him, bullies him. Um, the wife doesn't like him. He's treated badly, not given anywhere good to sleep, not good food. He's still in slavery. He's just moved from one form of slavery to another. So he runs away and gets met by the artful dodger, who then takes him off to find somewhere to sleep. And then he's forced to pick pockets. More slavery. Although he thinks he's making choices, he's moving from one form of slavery to another. We'll leave Oliver with Fagin and the lads for the moment. Because Paul says, we were in slavery. The same way that Oliver Twist was in slavery. And we don't necessarily realise it. Oliver knew no different to the life that he was living. He knew no different. Although he changed his situations, he remained in slavery. 
And we were in bondage to the law. We heard about that during the worship. That we were actually under the law. Morwenna actually said that um, the commandments of the law that God set back in the Old Testament still stand. We were born under the law. And we'll be judged by that law. So we were in slavery to the law. Not to say that God's law is wrong. Because Paul actually addresses this point earlier in Galatians. He says, is the law opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. The law was a bit like a guardian, a trustee, protecting us, giving us boundaries, until the fullness of time came when we would become full heirs. And that was the purpose of the law. But, because of sin, and us not being able to keep the law, the law actually ends up showing us how hopeless we are at keeping it. Because it shows us what we should be doing, and makes us realise how far short that we fall. Isaiah says that we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Like the wind, our sins sweep us away. And before we know Christ, and before we come into his family, we do all we can to spruce ourselves up and get rid of the dirt, and we try to look immaculate and smart. But then God's light comes on that David spoke to us about, and that light shows us standing there in those filthy rags. We're also under a curse. Because it actually says all who rely on observing the law are under a curse. That's in Galatians 3.10. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything that's written in the book of the law. So we were under the law, we were dirty and we were damned. We were slaves. We found ourselves before we knew Christ, under forces that we couldn't necessarily handle. Sinful things are often quite tempting. Oh, I'll just do this. That won't matter. I'll just do this one thing. But the problem is, they tend to be like that snowball rolling down a mountain. There's a song uh, by Casting Crowns, which is called Slow Fade. And one of the lyrics is, Be careful little eyes what you see based on an old children's song it's the second glance that ties your hands as darkness pulls the strings it's often that second glance leads on and on so we're in slavery to whatever enslaves us could be addictions could be relationships wrong relationships but there's good news. <laughs> now everyone's looking really glum. <laughs> the good news is, we weren't left there lost and helpless. Because God sent his son. That's in Galatians 4 and 5. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. And Owen last week spoke about how Jesus' death on the cross exchanged from Jesus... For us, his perfection was exchanged for our imperfection. His obedience was exchanged for our disobedience. 
we exchanged and got intimacy with God, who's our Father, and He was forsaken by His Father. My God, why have you forsaken me? He called from the cross. We got His blessing instead of our curse, and we got His life for our death. So Christ has actually fulfilled all our attempts to obey the law, and our curse was put on Christ. As she says in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So we're redeemed from that slavery. We're bought, but at a price, the price that Christ has paid for us. Let's go back to Oliver. He's living at Fagin's. He's no idea what's going on. And he goes out to make handkerchiefs, which too late he discovers he's picking pockets. He gets arrested. He goes before the judge. And then a witness clears him. He then gets released and he goes to Mr. Brownlow's house, who was the person who was actually picking the pockets off. There, he sees a portrait of a lady above the fireplace and Mr. Brownlow at that point notices that Oliver bears a strange resemblance to this woman however because it's nice to have a twist in the story when Oliver goes out on an errand he gets kidnapped again by Bill Sykes taken away from this new life that he's got with Mr. Brownlow and then he gets forced to participate in a robbery. If you know the story, the robbery goes wrong. Oliver's hurt and ends up being nursed by the people he was actually trying to rob. I'll cut the story very short because it does go 